0: Look, what we saw in 2022, there was no way Jeff Hafley was going to let BC go into 2023 with that same offensive line. And on Sunday, BC made what I consider their third move to address the issues with that offensive line, adding another transfer portal player, this time a tackle. Where Where will this all land? And we have so much to talk about from this weekend with Frozen Fenway, women's basketball doing well, and Duke only managing to beat bc by one i know it's a loss it's a loss but hey we'll we get into that game as well all this and more on today's locked on bc you are locked on boston college your daily podcast on the boston college eagles part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello and welcome. This is Locked on BC. I'm AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of 247 Sports. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. It's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So we ended the 2022 season and and, and the collective mantra among BC folks was that BC had to fix this offensive line. There was no way Jeff Halfley on his hot seat would go into 2023 with the starting five that he had last year. There's, I mean, you just could not do that because you would, your offense was atrocious. You were getting, you had no run game. You're one of the, you had the worst rushing attack in all of college football. Your quarterback was getting killed. You had to fix it. And, There's a variety of steps a coach can take to do that. You can develop guys and hope that they get better. You can, you know, get transfers. And I think that's what BC's done a lot of. They've done a little bit of both. So on Sunday, BC added their second transfer portal offensive lineman in Logan Taylor, a tackle out of UVA. Now, Taylor has played quite a bit. He's only a sophomore, but he played a lot last year he started for UVA. So he's not a guy that you're just going to hope figures things out. You have film on him. You know what he can and he can't do. So he was a first year starter last year, he played 10 games for UVA compiling 699 snaps as a redshirt freshman. He his score so let's let's talk a little bit about his scores because I think that is where the, the issue lies. Now, Kyle Hergel, that's the other offensive lineman they landed. His off his lines were much more on what you would hope to, to uproot your, you know, not uproot, but to rise up your offensive line and get them at that next level. Taylor, I'm a little worried. He had a 38.1 in pass block, but he had a 70.9 in run block. 70.9 at run block on pro football focus, I think would have put him ahead of most people on BC. I think, I don't think there was anyone on that roster that had anything like that. So that's one set. The pass is a little worrisome because he allowed 33 pass rushes, 26 hurries and two sacks, but it was his first year as a starter. You're going to hope that he takes that next jump and gets better. You hope that he doesn't have the issues that you saw maybe with some of the other BC linemen that were thrown in there. He's a starter. He will play. Now, do you think he's going to be an improvement over the other guys? That's where we're going to have to think. That's, that's going to be our second segment. We're going to look at where the offensive line is Taylor. Is interesting for a few reasons. He's originally from Canada, so he's from No, I think Nova Scotia. Uh, but he played high school ball with Emmett Moorhead, his quarterback that will be playing with him this year. So that they have a connection there. Uh, he was on campus this weekend for an official visit. Um, I know some folks saw him at the game with Jeff Halfley, the the basketball game this weekend. So he, you know, it, this this is a big deal. What you when you know it's a good sign is when other fan bases get upset, and there when UVA lost him, the reaction from the fan base was disappointment because they really wanted this guy. He had a ton of big offers coming out of high school. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have the list in front of me, but he had multiple sec, acc, and big 10 offers, so it's not like you're getting a guy that you know. He played, but like, who cares, right? So, you're you're looking at a guy that could, could that other teams wanted, and on top of that, in the transfer portal, I don't know if he visited them yet. I have to look into this a little bit more, but I know NC State was gunning hard for him, and you know NC State's got some good offensive line. They've had a history of having good offensive lines. So, those two signs: the fact that you had a the team that had him was upset that he left. There, there was actually three sides that he had a lot of offers out of high school and there were other programs that wanted him. That shows to me that you're getting a recruit, a transfer that's that it, that's a positive. Now I want to also kind of temper expectations here. As I said, with the stats from pro football focus, he still has work to do. He's a younger offensive line. Hopefully, that Jeff Halfley and and um, Mcnulty and his staff looked at his tape and said, "Okay, this is what he's what we, we could fix. This is, you know, if with a little bit of reps, he's going to get better here and there." You hope that that's going to be something that's going to help him grow. That they're going to find a guy that's going to grow. Um, I, I think this is a good get. I said on on. Um, on eagle insider that bc had to get a tackle and in a moment i'm going to get into where the offensive line stands because i think they're done i don't folks out there are like yeah bc needs to get four offensive linemen out of the transfer portal that's never going to happen it's never ever going to happen and nor should it because i think bc has their offensive line set for next year and i'll get into what that offensive line looks like and I have to admit, one last move I still think they need to make. We'll get into that in just a moment. But before we do that, our friends over at LinkedIn, they want you to know. That if you, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs help you attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They're amazing with this. They go beyond resume data. By using insights from your job post company and their 875 million profiles to put your job post in front of the most qualified candidates. You'll identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect them for fast and free. LinkedIn Jobs make it easy to screen and rate applicants on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked on Col- Boston College. This is your host, AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. And we are going over some big news on the transfer portal front. Eagles land Logan Taylor, an offensive tackle from UVA and i think this is going to kind of wrap up where bc goes in terms of building depth on that offensive line barring any sort of exodus of offensive linemen i think bc right now is is in good shape with where compared to where they were last year so you're going to un in unraveling where bc's offensive line is at here's kind of where it stands Do, I'm telling you right now, there's certain guys that even if you didn't like how they played last year, they're not going anywhere. Aussie Trapillo, Drew Kendall are going to be your tackle and your guard. I mean, your tackle and your center. They're not going anywhere. Those two guys are lock solid. They're not. They're not going to lose their spots. Christian Mahogany at guard. He's also going to return. You're not going. He's obviously the best offensive lineman you have. Hopefully, the injury didn't do too much to him. But you're bringing back a. I mean. No offense to the other kids that played behind him, but you're bringing a guy back that is a stratosphere better than the guard play you had last year. And with the guards that you have, now you have him. And who do you have at your other guard? I'm guessing Kyle Hergel, the tackle, the guard that you landed from Texas state. This is a guy with multiple years of experience. Again, now you have two guards with multiple years of experience, and he was all, um, was a Conference USA? I forget what Conference Texas State is in, but he's he is up there. He's played very well. So you now have four positions basically locked down. You look at your last tackle. You have options, and I, this is what you like about this. You have options of what you could do there. You could have uh, Logan Taylor as your starter. I know the staff thinks really highly of him. Obviously, if they brought him in, they, they want him in there as soon as they can. They could bring him in. They could bring in Kevin Klein, who was the starting tackle last year before he got hurt. You have Jude Bowery, who was a true freshman last year, who got kind of shoved in when he had to play. You know, hopefully with another year in the weight room, he'll get better. You have Jack Conley. I mean, I he had a tough year, but you could use him. There's tons of options that you have now. And with all of this, hopefully solidified now you have depth that you can add to, and the guys that were start thrown in as starters can now, and maybe weren't the, the right guys for that spot could go in and be, you know, the sixth offensive lineman or spot start if they need it or fill in for an injury for a week, you get guys like, you know, Dwayne Alec and Jackson Ness And Otto Hess, you have all these other guys that could fill in if you need to. But what I'm what I'm thinking and hopefully the injuries, you know, last year's injuries issue was such a big deal. The hope is that you have now five guys. Four, four of them have extensive experience. You have, you know, Christian Mahogany's got multiple years experience. Kyle Hergel has multiple years experience. You have Zach Taylor. I mean, they have experience. They're not like first-year guys. I, I shouldn't say that because that, uh, Logan Taylor and uh, Ozzy Trapilo, I don't consider having extensive experience, but they have decent experience. You have all that. What's the big question mark, though? There's still one big one out there, folks. You have all these offensive linemen that you brought in. Who's going to coach them? Is it going to be Googs? Is it going to be Coach Guglielmo to Guglielmo? I I, I wonder. Now, I thought, I, just based off of what I've seen, I've seen a lot of action from Chris Snee out there, especially on the offensive line. I know a lot of folks really like him. He has no offensive line coaching experience, but folks don't really care because he's a BC grad, so whatever and it just seemed to me like we're just kind of waiting you know for for some news because i hadn't seen you know coach googs last year before he started the season i mean you you folks listen to this podcast he was all over everything on twitter he hasn't posted since the beginning of november and maybe that's just something different but i have to say i saw on logan taylor's tweet he thanked coach googs so i don't know what's going on there is he coming back I got the, I feel like just based off of what I've seen that it looked like Snee will probably would be going there, but are we just waiting? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but to me, after what happened last year, okay, some of it, you can just write off from injuries and, and, and young guys, right. But the bigger concern for me, and the reason why I thought they would move on from Googs is that none of the young guys progressed like at all. Like you saw some of it, but it wasn't to the point where you felt like the end of the year. Like, I mean, you'd name the guys. Like, did you think any of them took the step enough in the right direction between Drew Kendall, Jack Conley, Ozzy Trapillo, any of the younger guys? I didn't see it. I didn't see the progression that I thought I would, even if they were thrown out there. They all just look still confused against Syracuse as they did in the first game against Rutgers. So, I think I think that's the, still the big question. Will DiGuglielmo be back next year, or are they going to move on to like a Chris And We'll have to wait and see. Now, our final segment, I'm going to go I'm going crazy here because we're going to go into a ton of other uh, BC events that happened this weekend. Uh, Mark Falzone is in our comment section talking a ton about women's basketball. I love it. And Bruce McLaren is joining him in. If you haven't done so already, if you're the first time you're listening to this on YouTube, or if you're listening at home on on a on Spotify or Pandora, wherever you get your podcasts, head over to youtube.com. Do me a favor, hit that subscribe button right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is absolutely free. You get all our videos sent directly to you. We do a little this is fun. I do this on on every evening now, uh, to talk about the updating up updates and games and all that other good stuff. And I love having BC fans here to kind of give comments, too, as we go along. It adds a little bit of extra pizzazz to our podcast. So head over to YouTube.com and hit that subscribe button and the bell, too, because you want to know when we go live. Now, in a moment, Duke barely gets by BC, but a loss is a loss. But it's not that game that we're going to look at a lot. It's women's basketball who continue to impress with a big win this weekend. But before we get to that, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online has got you covered as they get BC, as basketball and football head down the stretch. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and world cup. They've got it all at betonline.net. They got the national championship game coming up tonight between Georgia and TCU. I saw the action um when it first was posted, it was like 13 and a half for Georgia. And I was I was slamming TCU on that. I don't know if you agree with me or you don't. Um, If you think George is going to win by a lot, I, I think I think TC is going to stick around. What do you think? If you want, if you have it, you can head over to Bet Online and find the most current odds on the site. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is Locked On BC, AJ Black. We got to, we got some we got to go uh, whip around and look at some of the big events that happened this weekend because it was a busy weekend for BC sports. Now the students haven't returned yet because it's still winter break, but don't say that to Conti Form because it was rocking on Saturday afternoon as BC held, hosted number sixteen Duke at, at, in a game that I thought BC was going to win, but they just could not do enough to win it. Now this was this had the typical BC flair under under Earl Grant, where the Eagles they 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 fall behind, but they continue to find ways to get back into games. It started off right off the bat. Duke jumped out to a lead, but it was the three point shooting which made head explode because BC is not you know one of the worst three point shooting teams in the country and the worst in the ACC. It's three point shooting that got them back in this game. Now they're going back and forth. Duke at the end of the first half jumps out like they're starting to like build a lead. I think it was like an eight or nine points, but BC flips the script at the end of the half. Like they seemingly do all the time on a absolutely crazy play. If you haven't checked it out, I think I retweeted it at AJ black underscore BC. Damar Langford throws like a 60 yard pass. I don't know how long it was. He he threw a, a court pass with one second left hits Quentin post, like right in the hands who just takes it and tips it in or, or, or shoots it in. It was a absolutely nuts play because post was being defended. Demar had to throw it quite a distance to get it accurately, and he still hits it. So they, you know, BC goes into the second half, and Duke again they just jump out to a lead. They, they build it up, and it's up to like nine points again. But BC storms back. They get the lead with you know a couple minutes left in the game for the first time in the game. BC. I grabbed the lead. Quentin Post hits a layup to to give them the lead. Quentin Post is awesome. I I just love watching this kid play. Um, and but it was the end of the game, and first of all, there was uh BC just could not get a good shot off. Duke's defense was very good. Secondly, I mean they kept move they kept pushing Makai Ashton Langford to his left hand instead of his right. Makai made them pay for it at times, but near the end of the game, it, it did hurt them. But it was the foul shooting near the end Um, and an absolutely atrocious call on Prince Aligbe at the very end of the game where Kyle Filipowski, who's from Massachusetts, got to shoot some free throws, watch the replay. I've watched it probably like four or five times, and I still don't see where Aligbe hit him or, or swiped him. It was a clean, it was a clean swipe at the ball. They called it a foul and Filipowski hits the shots. BC, goes, you know, with like 12 seconds left. They go in, Mackay Ashton Langford tries to lay it in. He doesn't get any foul because it's Duke and Duke doesn't get called for anything. And, um, and then Quentin Post couldn't get the rebound. And that was the end of the game. Felt like a game BC should have won. Duke was definitely not playing at their top. They were missing Jeremy Roach to one of their star guards. BC had all the momentum in the second half. It felt like, but it was foul shooting and a couple shots here and there that they just couldn't uh, avoid. It, it was a tough loss because it just felt like it was it was tantalizingly close. But you can also look at it from the positive side of things that this is the first time that you've seen BC um, looking like a team that is ready to 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 compete in ACC basketball with Quentin Post, who looks like one of the best. Centers in the ACC, BC looks like a completely different team. I've said this on on you know after the Virginia Tech win, after the Notre Dame win, they look different. And against Duke, it was it was so apparent that they were they were playing at a, such a high level. Um, and I think that's going to be exciting. Now they've got another hard matchup coming up in in a couple of days. They're playing Miami in Coral Gables, and Miami's a good team. So. You know, I, I we will talk more about this game in, in the future. I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about BC to on tomorrow's show too, because uh, you know, once I saw the Logan Taylor news, I knew where this episode was going to go, but I don't, I don't want to skimp on the, on the basketball stuff. Now the, the last two games, I want to bring them up because I didn't get a chance to, you know, I have two kids at home. I can't sit around and watch BC sports 12 hours a day. <laughs> I just can't. And so I, I, I look at the recaps. I see what happens on Twitter I read read up on what happened, but I did not watch these two games. First of all, men's hockey has a huge win in uh, the frozen Fenway series against UMass. UMass is obviously a very good team. They've been on the up and up for years. This was a big win for BC and again, showing that this program is heading in the right direction. They got cutter Gothier back um, from world juniors. He had a big goal and an awesome celebration of (laughs) very appropriate uh, celebration in, in Fenway Park, though, I was, I watched it. I went, God, I hope no player goes near him. He did like a baseball swing after he scored. So BC wins 3 2 against UMass, another big win uh, for that program. And, you know, we'll have to start to get into what, how they're looking um, as they go down the stretch. Secondly, women's basketball. And I got to get into. Uh, some of the comments here because Mark Falzone brought it up. BC women's basketball had a terrific quality win against Florida state today. FSU is 15 in the net rankings. This is the first time in our history that we beat FSU at Connie forum, huge win. And I saw the I saw the app of who had the big game. It was Dontavia Wagner with another double double. She had 21 points and 14 rebounds. BC women's basketball is really good right now. Uh, They had that big win against NC state just a couple days ago. So two Big time wins. That's you know I I think they call it quadrant one wins or quarter one wins where they beat teams that are in the top of the country. You know in the ACC right now it looks like it's Notre Dame and then basically there's some really good teams and then everybody else. BC's right up there, um, and I I think this is a team that is is worth watching. I, I Joanna McNamee in general puts together a very good product on the court. Uh, but Dontavia D- Wagner, the, you know, some of these other girls that are on this team, they are playing at such a high level right now that I've I just have to say, like, go, go out there and check them out. I, Mark and Bruce, they they they're right. They have a very good chance of making it to the tournament. I checked their net rankings, I think, before the win of this game and they were in like the 80s. But you beat a team that's 15, you're going to jump up and that's right on the edge. They're gonna, you know, some really good wins. I'd love to see BC get out of the the bubble zone and and control their own fate. This is a team that looks like they could do that. They're doing, they're playing the system that Joanna McNamee puts together and doing so at such a high level. But I've got to run. I'll be back tomorrow to talk more basketball more transfer portal news and anything else that you guys want to talk about. Hit me up on Twitter at AJ black underscore BC or follow me on Twitter at LockedOnBC BC as well. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you all again soon. Take care.